0: ever think you might need a little more out of life, why not try Chasing Diamonds with Andy Caldley, a podcast aimed at bringing out the extraordinary nature of the human experience and the curiosity, wonder, and creativity that drives it. It is his most sincere hope that today's episode tickles your fancy. So now, without further ado, here is your host, Andy Caldley. Thanks for tuning in again. I'm back from my long, ridiculous absence. I found that I was fairly lethargic after returning, um, and a lot of things rapidly began to happen. So I'm eager to get back into a sort of regular podcasting pattern, which is obviously difficult because the travel season is over. But uh, I have for me, or for you and myself, uh, today my friend Hassan al-Sawalhi. He's about... The whitest person I know in terms of skin, pigment, and uh, uh, let's say hobbies, but he's actually half uh, Lebanese or Arabic, and he just returned from Lebanon, which is obviously a part of the world I've never been to, so I have him on the show here to talk with me about a part of the world I've never been to, but that is for the more adventurous traveler, something that can offer a lot of unique experiences. So, Hassan, thanks for joining me. How are you?
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm great. You know, it's good to be home. Uh, traveling's a lot of fun, but you know, you get homesick. Um, yeah, so I'm back from Lebanon. I stayed in Beirut for about uh, six weeks. Uh, traveling the country with my family. My father's Lebanese. As you said, I'm super white, but my dad is uh, super dark-skinned Arab. Um, and, yeah, this is my fourth time to Lebanon, two times I don't remember as I was a small child. Okay. And the last time being 2006. So it's been about 11 years, and uh, lots changed. Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, so you've been to Lebanon once before. Why don't we go back and start with that trip 11 years ago? Because I happen to know you as a friend, and I happen to know that that trip was a little more um, unique.
1: Yeah, so 2006, we (laughs) arrived in about, I want to say June, late June, right after my birthday. I was 13. And uh, that was like the first trip to remember. We Mm -hmm. flew from, you know, America to Charles de Gaulle Airport in France. And then to Beirut, we hit the, uh, we, we got there, we stayed about, I want to say three weeks uh, doing the regular, seeing family and everything. My dad's one of 14.
0: I was just about to ask, um, do you have a big family there?
1: Huge family. Um, they all speak Arabic. I do not speak Arabic. Okay. I did not learn as a child. And uh, that's a big disappointment to a lot of my family. <laughs> now... Lebanon is a French colony. Okay. And they are sl- they're phasing out French. Okay. So it went from French as the main language to Arabic and French. And now it's you learn Arabic and then English. English. Okay. So it's like my dad's sixty years old, so his brothers and sisters are right around that age. A lot of them don't speak English. My Uncle Muhammad does. My uncle Hussein speaks a little bit. Then everybody knows a
0: few smatterings. But your uncle Muhammad on your dad's side. Yes. Okay, so he's also called Muhammad, though, right?
1: Okay, so that's only, tough. <laughs> here's my family. There's only four names for boys. No, it's really confusing. Here's it goes. It's like Hassan, Hassan. Um, I anglic- it's Hassan. It? I anglicize oh. Oh, gotcha, my name. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's gotcha. Easier. My mom calls me Hassan. Uh-huh. My name
0: is Hassan. Hassan. Okay.
1: Um, Hassan, Ali, Muhammad, Yusuf. That's it. Wow, ninety percent of the guys in my family are named that because my grandfather's name is Ali, or is Hassan Ali Al Okay. So my father is Ali Hassan Al and my name is Hassan Ali Al All the boys <laughs> named a child Hassan after their dad. Okay. And their name is the middle name. I'm the only one with my grandfather's name. Okay. So it's really confusing because when everybody brings their kids, there's like six Six Hassans. Hassans. (laughs) And when we go south or we go to um, extended family, Mm -hmm. they'll often call them Abu and then your first son's name. So my dad suddenly became Abu Hassan. And then.
0: Oh, interesting. And then
1: Abu Ali and uh, all this. And so, like, no matter where we go, I would hear my name a lot. Mm. And I'd be like, what are they talking about? And my dad would be like, no, no, that one, this one, that one. Gotcha. There's only, like, six names.
0: Well, I, I was going to say, I once went to a family reunion where there were three Andys, my cousin Andrea, <laughs> the cat, and then me. And I thought that was <laughs> difficult.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so wild. And it's just, and everybody knows, like, they joke about it, like, Yusuf, and then, like, five guys are like, what? <laughs> So my my dad when he came to the US his name got changed. Okay. Um there's a I, I believe a little bit of fudgery to get himself uh, abroad. Okay. So he's Muhammad here and he's Ali there. Gotcha. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the big thing was that that trip was largely similar to this trip with the exception of 2006 July Hezbollah took two Israelis captured from the south of Lebanon mm-hmm. and then Israel Israel um responded in extreme force mm-hmm.
0: and bombed the city I was in. Oof. Beirut. And
1: I was about half mile from the airport
0: staying with my grandmother. Um half mile sort of in towards the center or out towards the sprawl? The um the airport's kind of on, like, a little peninsula
1: Okay. into the bay. I mean, the whole country's on water. The bay of bay, yeah. Yeah, and um, so in towards the city. And, I mean, you could see that night the, uh, the little flashing lights and watch the bombs drop. Oh, my and God. And just explode. And it was, it was really weird because this happened right around the World Cup. I was in Lebanon for the
0: <laughs> World Cup. Okay, 2006. 2006, yeah. Italy Fran- won. Yeah, yeah France and lost in the final.
1: And everybody was going wild and shooting fireworks off. And then okay. all of a sudden it was like. And then. And the whole building oh rumbled. God. And we were like, that ain't fireworks. Oof. And my uncle was like, that's F-16s. Like he knew the planes knew. by Jesus the sound. Christ. And, um, you know, we had this. I had this like little panic. I was like, dad, are we going to die? And he was like. No, this happens all the time. Don't worry about it. And I was instantly calmed. I was like, all right, let's rock and roll. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And then they continued bombing, and we moved around the city for a while. Um, the closest a bomb hit was a few blocks from me. Okay. So, um, And then we exited the city, and we went into the mountains. Now, basically, Lebanon, the whole country, you can see from the beach to the top of the mountains top of the mountains to the beach. It's so small. Okay. And, um, the terrain is so dramatic. It's actually really beautiful, but we were on the mountains. We could see all of Beirut just getting bombed oh out. My God. And then, um, we stayed about three more weeks. Um, and there was an American relief effort and, uh, my cousin Salson, my cousin Yusuf's wife, she mm-hmm. was also with us. She was staying with her family, and she went to the American Relief Effort. My dad heard they were dumping people in Cyprus, and uh, people were just stuck there for weeks. So we decided, instead of going to the American Relief Effort, to cross the border to Syria, stay with some family, and then fly out of Damascus, okay, to Vienna to uh, gotcha. towards the U.S. Um, so around that time. I don't remember exactly. I remember drinking the water and getting very sick, crossing the border in a total oh. haze. Oh, geez. Just climbing into the mountains, into the clouds, seeing bombed-out trucks along the way, just, like, steering around them. Ooh. Crossing the border, which the at the time, I'm sure it's more secure now, uh, the border was basically, like, 10 dudes with machine guns who were like, give me 50 bucks, let's go. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Get out of the way. Go, 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 go. And then... We stayed in Syria, and uh, quality of life isn't super great there. Even at that time, uh-huh. we kind of rural. My cousin, he's like six, and he worked in a machine shop painting cars. Okay, he didn't go to school. Gotcha. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. We stayed there. We went to Damascus. If um, you know the political climate in Syria ever clears up, if you travel. Go to Damascus. That is the most absolutely wild place in the world I have ever been. Wow. Damascus Do you is, remember much from it? Yeah, I remember Damascus super clearly. We we're, went into the okay.
0: city. I wasn't sure if you were still sick and yeah, freaking I, out at the <laughs> I was
1: I was feeling better that day and uh, my dad said we're gonna go in Damascus. It's Friday, so Friday's the, the Muslim Sabbath. Okay. So it was very calm. There weren't a lot of people on the street. We went to the the big grand bazaar. <gasps> which is that big, covered yeah uh, way abbey. And, um, you know, there's still people open shopping and there's, like, street performers and peddlers and all these touristy little shops and stuff that people make their living off of, as well, like, amazing food left and right. And, um, you know, as we got towards the end of the Grand Bazaar, it exits right near the Grand Mosque. <gasps> and the Grand... I'm not a religious person. Yeah. But certainly...
0: I, I have a feeling I you, know what you're going to say. You
1: can't look at the Grand Mosque in Damascus without feeling something. Yes. I know and exactly it's what definitely, you mean. like, you know, it's spiritual. Yeah. At the very least. And we went in there uh, and it was so peaceful. Like I said, it's Friday, not a lot of people. And it's huge. It's like, soccer field big. big. The inside of yeah, the, the mosque? Yeah, the inside. Okay. And it's all white tiled. The floor is just white tiled. And the middle is the big thing you pray to. And, um, you know, there's imams. They walk around. It's very quiet. They carry little sticks. And they just walk around. People just kind of chill, sleep, read. And he'll go by and he'll, like, tap the wall to wake people up. Like, it's time to pray. And they'll get up. And you go in. Everywhere, every mosque you go to, you wear no shoes. Yeah. And um, inside the... uh, You know, it's all open air, and then when you go inside the walls, they have, I believe it's St. Paul's head, his remains. He was (laughs) beheaded. Okay. So, it's like this big cask with these big wax columns. They're like giant candles or something, and uh, everybody shoves money in there. Yeah. Good fortune, and they have, uh, I think it's, they have a statue to Saladin. Okay. And that's like wild, and they have all these (sighs) graves of like important or significant people. And it's just, it's so chill and it's so overwhelmingly large. Like, I mean, they have like 20 foot golden doors that open (laughs) into the place. Okay. And it's, you know, it's like an offering to God. And the Mm -hmm. Muslims believe that when Jesus returns, that that's the spot. Okay. That's the The grand mosque in Damascus. They'll be praying and Jesus will be in the back praying along with everyone else Oh wow! and that was like mind-blowing so
0: just crazy um when i was in europe i got that same feeling the first time was when i went into the cathedral in nantes which was the cathedral of i think it's uh saint peter and saint paul it's called but it's it's huge and the vaulted ceiling is like 57 feet high it's it's it was the biggest i mean i was in saint peter's basilica obviously it's pretty big (laughs) um but even that, you know, it's so covered in art, and also the fact that it's St. Peter's Basilica. There's a million people there that, like, every couple hours walk through that place. And the one in Nantes was just a little smaller. That was in, like, Brittany in France. But I remember walking into it, and my sister and I sort of had this moment where we were like, all right, okay, we get it now. Makes sense. Yeah. It's crazy as fuck. But um, makes this huge drama and the massive white pillars, but... It's sort of... And then we w- went into a whole bunch of other religious buildings in Europe. They are sort of set up to be able to walk in and through as somebody who might only be looking to take pictures of something beautiful. I don't know anything about the Muslim world. Is the Grand Mosque sort of set up in that way? Or if it's, you come in, are you expected to like? It's so take open. Part?
1: So while we... This trip... While we were there, I did not get to go to Damascus, obviously. It's mm-hmm. just way too hot right now. Um, so this is one of the mosques I went to. It's in Beirut. He's me. Oh, wow. He's showing and, me a picture. Uh, That's beautiful. You know, all mosques have these, uh, all the big mosques have these four pillars, the minarets. And, minarets, uh, okay. You know, when you walk under Heard them, you just look straight up, and it's like this huge tower over you. Some of them only have one or two smaller ones. Um and Lebanon's a very interesting place because there'll be a church here, and then, like, right next to it will be a mosque. Okay. And they'll do, like, joint functions. It's interesting. crazy. So I went into this um, big Sunni mosque in Beirut, and, uh, you know, me and my cousin, this is the ceiling. They all have these, like, giant chandeliers. Wow. So wow. the grand mosque, is that's, like, a 50-foot ceiling. Okay. The Grand Mosque is like that times a thousand. Okay. It's just so, so gilded.
0: I'm gonna you just keep talking. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up an image of this thing. Um
1: yeah. So we went into that mosque. I forget the name, but it's in downtown Beirut and it's completely open. You just take off your shoes and you walk right in and uh you can just stare up at everything and I walked the whole place. I don't speak any Arabic and um later Another time, my uncle Muhammad took me to his mosque while he prayed. And, uh, you know, he offered very politely if I wanted to pray with him, and I declined because I didn't want to mess it up and be in the front of this, like, assembly of people who come here five times a day to pray. Yeah. And I just sat in the back and watched people pray, and absolutely nobody gave me a weird look. It uh, It was very open. That's fantastic. Yeah, and there were even signs in English on the back wall, like information signs. Like, here's how you pray: you tuck your feet and all that. So it was very
0: open. Wow. Okay. So Didn't yeah, I fun. wouldn't
1: yeah. I wouldn't consider anywhere in it at least you know Damascus or especially Lebanon to be exclusive, uh, exclusive or exclusionary uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to um Exclusionary, yeah, That's a good yeah. word <laughs> to visitors <laughs> uh-huh. because I mean tourism is a big deal over there. Yeah. Lebanon used to be the Paris of the Middle East until they had a lot of uh, I
0: remember um I remember issues. watching an Anthony Bourdain episode where he goes to Beirut after the bombings and he had he spliced in some footage from the first time he went there, I think before he started working for the Travel Channel. And yeah, like it looked like a totally happening place, man.
1: Yeah, and it still is. It's kind of weird because um you know, my cousins, this time, now that I'm an adult, 24, can drink, go out, do whatever. They were like, you want to go to a club? You want to go to a bar? Mm-hmm. Like, we can go. There's tons of clubs. And, like, um, you know, it's, it's basically neighborhood divided, Christian, Muslim. Okay. Um, or Sunni and Shiite. And uh, it's funny because you'll go through, like, a Muslim neighborhood, and it's, you know, just regular. And then you get to a Christian neighborhood, and all of a sudden it's like, Liquor store, bar, liquor <laughs> store, bar.
0: <laughs> like, Dang. I wasn't expecting that. I get what you're saying about the tourism, though. It was sort of the same. And like Nicaragua, even when I was in some of the rural parts, you just got this feeling like, yeah, there might be some among these people who might view you as a target, but I think they realize, like, well... We only export two things because we're like this pseudo-communist socialist dictatorship that everybody hates since they're not really buying anything from us. So tourism is how we make a lot of money. So if we fuck with these guys, they'll come in and shoot me and all my kids. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I got that feeling in in Bogota, actually, more so than in Nicaragua because Bogota is like a massive city and you're walking around and all the hostels are in this sort of colorful... La Candelaria is sort of like a colorful part of town. The university, like the young you know, art school is there and a lot of street art and vegan cafes and shit. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of sketch about it. But yeah. at, the, at the same time, I, I never felt abnormally threatened because people who tended to look like you know, that, that turn your intuition on, they Mm -hmm. tend to look at you with like a sort of a wariness as if you are, as if you're like 350 pounds, just solid muscle. You (laughs) know, it's,
1: it's crazy. Mm -hmm. I gained like a weird walking around confidence. I don't travel a lot. So I gained this weird confidence. I, I partly part of it is I'm an American. I'm a man. Um, I'm not huge but you know I'm definitely not a a wimp. Mm-hmm. And then when you combine that with the fact that if you want to get across the road in Lebanon, you need to man up and step out in front of cars <laughs> and to like look at them and be like you're not going to hit me. I don't care. I don't, yeah. I'm not afraid to die. Uh-huh. And you just walk out in front of cars. Like yeah. I got hit by a car, um I folded his side view mirror in. He hit mm. my arm with his side-view mirror, and after that, I no longer feared death or anything else. So I just, like, cut Good. my chin out and just, like, walk into uh-huh. Beirut, and I would walk into restaurants and just speak in my most clear American accent. I'd be like, excuse me, uh, I'd like a burger. And they'd be like, oh, yes, 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 okay, no problem. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, okay. Huh. For sure. You know? So I wasn't, like, trying at all. Like, I told my cousin. My dad would send me, like, a little cousin, like, eight years old. And be <laughs> like, he speaks English. He speaks Arabic. Have him go. And I'm like, I don't need him. I'm yeah, just going to uh-huh. walk in here and speak English at this
0: guy. There you go. This is... Um... And he'll
1: know. He wants my money. Mm-hmm. So he's like... Exactly. He doesn't and they speak know you English, have it. Exactly. If he doesn't speak English, he'll be like, oh, my cousin speaks
0: English. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean... I think you're touching on a really important fact for young male Americans when mm-hmm. traveling. It's like, it's like w- um, there are, if you want, yeah, if you want to like, obviously if you go to Italy and France and it's all beautiful and Belgium, mm-hmm. it's it's wonderful. Um, if you want to experience some different cultures and actually go to different parts of the world, you gotta, you sort of gotta learn to be a bit of an alpha. Because I think in a society where the general kind of courtesy laws are not observed because why would you be courteous in a state that doesn't provide for your like basic needs <laughs> i think like i heard this i think it was um ben shapiro the sort of um con- uh, the yeah, sort of conservative, young conservative yeah. guy he was saying how um the reason why tra- traffic and cars and uh, the rules of the lo- road are never observed in any country that you know isn't first world is because why would you observe the laws and customs of a society um, that doesn't provide you with like clean drinking water like when yeah. when you don't respect the people who mm-hmm. run your country why would you respect the laws that they put in place yeah, so- and so as a result I think traveling to these places as a young American you have kind of got to like understand that you need to like bulk your your ability to speak directly with people way up and that that's yeah. the only way you're going to get around is like you the bus won't stop mm. unless you yell at the driver to let you off absolutely
1: <laughs> absolutely and it's like um so like family dealing with family obviously i got the the benefit of traveling with family which is completely different if you're there as a tourist and you're out on your own mm-hmm. so like i said I, I got into beirut this time no wars uh uh, thankfully, yes, and um, I stayed with my massive family in a neighborhood. It's like a subdivision of Beirut called Dahi,
0: and um, pull da- that mic just a little closer.
1: Uh, sorry, yeah. And uh, Dahi is like a little busy, just bustling place, and you know, every everywhere in Beirut, you're above a restaurant or a building or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. and we're on the fifth floor um immediately the smell of Lebanon is um <clears throat> unique <laughs> and uh like when you travel down the highway it's it, it's a new smell every mile it's just mm, okay it's just wildly and none of them are good yeah <laughs> um <laughs> infrastructure is poor in Lebanon in Dahi we had power most of the day about 6 power outages ranging from a couple seconds to a couple hours throughout the day and that's all government and also the water there is salty and i mean like wow like ocean brackish yeah and it's um there's no way to maintain your pipes fittings sinks drains anything because that that stuff's just going to eat right through it and uh, yeah there's definitely some resentment from all the people to the government because like we don't have clean water everybody drinks bottled water yeah you shower in salt water which is <laughs> just <laughs> no good it no, sucks it doesn't so like what we do is we'd uh we wash in salt water which doesn't foam up with soap it doesn't foam up huh and then cuz it's so heavy yeah. it's heavy yeah, yeah, water yeah, yeah yeah and um and then you would finish with like bottled water to get all the minerals <laughs> off okay. of it. Okay. Otherwise, Interesting. you'd like gotcha. just be yeah. dirtier than when yeah, you yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's like backups through the system. And like, if you go to a sink, it stinks. Your sink stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there'd be like septic backups. And all of a sudden, it smelled like somebody farted in your house, like Oof. really hard. Gotcha. And um, so, yeah, the infrastructure isn't great in most neighborhoods. Um, in the south, where my cousin Mahmoud lives,
0: that's a great name.
1: Yeah. Uh, or uh, Abu Esa, as everybody calls him. That's a better him. name. <laughs> Father of Asa, his son. who um, Mahmoud comes here a lot. and uh, okay. He wasn't speaking any English, but I'm kind of close with him because he comes here and he stays with us because uh, way back in the day, he was in the military and he lost both his hands and his eyesight in a, while defusing a bomb. Okay. And um, Hero. <laughs> yeah, total hero. And since then, MIT has put a um, a cybernetic eye in him, basically. And you can see, like, you or me.
0: Wow. So he has to come
1: here every couple of months or at least twice a year, I think, to get, you know, it checked up. Because obviously there's all this infection risk and stuff. But it's crazy. And he's such a nice guy. And he has this big house in the south of Lebanon on this hill. And um, I've got pictures of it. He has a pool. He has his own water source. He collects rainwater. And then he also has a water source. He has a regular shower.
0: Wow. A regular bathroom. Damn.
1: (laughs) I got to shower for the first time in three weeks, which obviously we all know feels really super good. Yeah, yeah. That's Um, very, very good. We had um, just insane food every night while we were there. Uh, especially at Abuja's house because that was like a big event because he's always at our house, and we're never at his house. So he did oh, it. Up. Oh
0: wow, gotcha.
1: And we had a lamb slaughter. Hell they, yeah! They brought a lamb. <gasps> they slaughtered it right on the grounds. That's so cool. Um, and uh, the odd thing is, um, the lambs there have like wide paddle like tails. They have fatty tails, like. This big like B- wow. You know, he's making he's the size inch, of like, like a inches. beaver tail. Yeah, it's like a big fatty flap. Huh. And um that's just filled with fat. Yeah. So we had a cousin come over. Must everybody's like a, a everybody's a cousin. Yeah. I, you know, I, you so. must
0: have more cousins than a tree has leaves. Like
1: uh a lot of family describes um our name, Sawalhi as not a family, but a tribe. And you can our lineage goes
0: way oh, way back okay so it's gotcha. like a
1: moment of pride like tripoli people would be like that's your city tripoli that,
0: that's Tripoli's in tunisia in the
1: that's the north of lebanon oh okay it gotcha. used to be phoenician um, wow okay tripoli now, yeah. or tropolis as they call it tropolis. and tripoli is like root of the word metropolis. it's perhaps. like they're Miami. It's really wow. nice. There's a lot of boats. There's a big port there. That's another. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. So carry on. South, carry on. <laughs> south of Lebanon. We'll start in the south. Um, we had this lamb slaughter. a cousin comes over. He butchers everything. And for lunch, we eat about half the lamb straight up raw. They cut it up with, um, like, herbs and spices uh-huh. and make kibbe, uh, which is just raw. I could have
0: sworn that there was something in the Quran about not eating raw meat.
1: I don't know much about the Quran. Yeah. I, know that, I don't either. I know I that just... lamb was killed halal. I watched yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Um, but he butchers it right there, and everybody was, like, nudging me, like, oh, is this, like, weird out? I'm like, no, I hunt. Like, it's okay. <laughs> I've dressed dress before. Do you hunt? Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Only been, like, once or twice. Okay, anyway. Once on. or twice. <laughs> we'll talk but, about it later. you know, not too worried about... Blood and guts, but my dad was like, "Take a picture." And I was like, "Who am I going to show? I'm just going to freak out all my vegan friends. Like, let's not do that." <laughs> so we had this raw lamb, and kibby has, like I said, it's got like thyme and parsley and onions and stuff cut up into it, so it's got some flavor. But you know, I mean, it's like beef tartare. It has, like, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, the worst
1: texture of anything ever.
0: <laughs> and then I had horse tartare when I was in Italy. Whoa! I was like just eating. Imagine if you somehow could make steel cables into, like, a gelatin.
1: Yeah, it would be so sinuous. Yeah, that was
0: all it was. It's like there wasn't an ounce of fat on the whole goddamn animal. So (laughs) you just have this puddle of, like, steel mush. Oh, wow. And they give you, like, seven sauces. I'm like, what's all the sauce for? And then I took one bite of it. Uh Oh, that's why. They gave me no sauce. They gave me bread. (laughs) They are
1: like, eat this with the bread, salt, and zotter. Um, What's Zotter? Zotter is a spice mix. You can get it here. It's really okay. good. And it's, uh, I think it's mostly thyme and sesame seeds. It's really it's, good. Okay.
0: Um, I like both of those things. Yeah.
1: And uh, I forgot to bring you sweets from Lebanon. I'll bring them <laughs> to the party on Saturday. Cool. <laughs> but, um, they also took the liver and chopped that up into chunks and we mm. ate that raw, which was raw. Probably the worst thing <laughs> I've ever eaten. Because it's not that it was like gross out factor. It's just when you cook something, you add so much to it. Yeah. And without yes, it, it's, it's just like a gelatin uh, cube, uh, like a firm jelly cube yeah. with no just an irony flavor. Yeah. That's it. It
0: tastes like blood. <laughs> and
1: then they eat the fat too, like raw. Just Ooh, chunks okay. of fat.
0: That's where I get into it. And
1: then so like if you combine everything, it's all right. But if you just eat a chunk of fat, it's like
0: horrifying yeah yeah
2: yeah.
1: and there's (laughs) so much fat and they gave us just the tail fat and it's like this big mountain of white white clean fat and um yeah so that was pretty good and then that night we took the rest of the lamb and we made kebabs which is totally where it's at yeah
0: yeah yeah, for sure and that
1: was like (laughs) pig heaven um the thing about lebanon i think just the middle east in general that got me is um it's not that the food isn't good. It's the eating schedule. And it goes like this. Breakfast starts whenever everybody wakes up and is done with their tea. Okay. Then you eat manish or menush, which is like a cheese pie or a zotter pie. That was most of my breakfast, which is just a piece of pita bread with either zotter or cheese melted into it. And you okay. just eat that gotcha. with tea and maybe some olives and some cheese or bread or something. Um. And then, ten hours later, you eat dinner. <laughs> that was it.
0: Well, so it's probably because they eat a bunch of fat. They're all keto. They just don't yeah, know it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, well, I mean, you eat bread with everything. Oh, so, so there much you go. Bread. Yeah, dude. It's like, when I was in. I didn't expect it when I was in Germany. There were moments where I just chose to skip meals because I would think I can't eat any more bread. It's too. It's just no much. nutrients. My
1: body is like the carbs are killing you, mm-hmm. and you need to deal with it. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I've been I've been curbing myself to eat smaller meals more often, and my family was not having any of yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. So it was like, <laughs> eat, eat, eat more, eat more. It's me like classic grandma oh, yeah. attitude. Eat more. I'm like, no, I'm full. Well, whenever and then i like three know, hours later, I'd be like, hey, I'm hungry, and i would be like, fuck, fuck you. you, you didn't eat, eat earlier.
0: When I was um, any time I'm traveling and I meet some like old timer, they always talk about going to, you know, Tehran in 1974, and everybody's all the women are beautiful and everything's happening and it's all democracy and like, the hospitality is the best in the world. They'll talk about Mm -hmm. Afghanistan and that was the most hospitable country in the world, where if you don't eat, until you are. They, and if you don't eat until they've determined you've eaten enough, <laughs> you're like d- dishonoring them and, yeah, and their family <laughs> 10 generations oh, back. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, so uh, traditional to think of that part of the world as being that attitude for some yeah.
1: Reason. So, while in the south, obviously we ate like pigs and uh, everything except for pig. Um, <laughs> I uh, I didn't drink anything alcoholic for more than 30 days. I was sober the whole time. Uh-huh. Last beer was on the plane. And everybody asked me, like, you want to go to a bar or something? I'm like, it's just going to be me. That's no fun. <laughs> like, but if you go to Lebanon with, like, a group, you can drink. You can drink, like, it's, yeah. there's a place, yeah. it's Biblos. This is more north, north of Beirut, right off the water. And Biblos has
0: Roman ruins in it. Actually, yeah, Biblos I think is a city-state in Civ Five. Yes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> carry on.
1: <laughs> and it's beautiful. I mean, these uh, Roman ruins, columns still left, but uh, and it's Christian and Muslim. And mm-hmm. There's like a mosque and a church right there, and they do like what I can only imagine is like sitcom one-upmanship <laughs> and like field days <laughs> where they have sack races and stuff. Because they said it's like really f- friendly, you know, relationship between the two religions there. And down these little abbeyways and bazaars is just, like, left and right bars. Open bars, just left and right, pubs, and this and that. It's like Arab Bourbon Street, and it's (laughs) popping. I mean, like, I heard every popular song from America— by the way, Despacito is the most popular song in Lebanon. Yeah, yeah. my little cousins and also would see in also in, in the whole in, world, yeah, the whole world, <laughs> it's Nicaragua, it's Colombia. Killing. Yeah, and they don't understand it, and they like grab my phone and like go to Spotify when we had Wi Fi and be like Despacito, Despacito. <laughs> yeah,
0: um,
1: and yeah, Biblos is definitely a hot spot. Go there, stay there the whole time. Okay, um, <laughs> get drunk, have fun. It's beautiful. The Roman ruins. The water is right there. Mm. Um, or
0: I just assume most of the cities in Lebanon are on the water, considering you said the yeah. rest is just you desert just and mountain.
1: Well, there's no deserts in Lebanon. Only Arab country without a desert. No shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, just mountains. Per- okay, mountains. So, gotcha. but it's like so. Is
0: there like like wooded areas? No. So it's just. It's I did s- not see scrubby a, woodland. They have, a,
1: they have a tree on their flag, and I did not see a tree <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> um yeah just scrubby okay gotcha. and rocky i mean yeah, so yeah, many yeah. rocks so traveling from the south we went all the way to the israeli border which is just like two fences with 10 feet between them and just for miles and uh we went up the mountains to a location called Imlita, which i didn't my dad kept saying we're going to a museum all right, and I was like, "Hot damn! I'm like I love museums. I'm on it." And then I get there, and it's a museum to Hezbollah. <laughs> so if you don't know, oh, Hezbollah okay. is a sanctioned government organization of Lebanon. They're funded by Iran.
0: Oh, jeez. They hold. I didn't know that. I didn't know they're government sanctioned.
1: Yeah, they they hold like council seats and stuff. Oh, they do a bunch oof. of stuff. But they're also super sketchy. And Uh my personal opinion is uh, they're terrorists. (laughs) Because my country, America, says they are terrorists. So the U.N. has no official standpoint. It's left to individual governments. But all the good ones say it's a terrorist terrorist organization. organization. I think... Russia says they're an, a legitimate resistance. Well, I think Russia just wants... Le- just Russia just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Russia's king of the winos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, wants, and you know, then care.
1: um, all the Arab countries are like, oh, no, they're resistance, and, and then everybody else is like, no, Against, they're, they're terrorists. like,
0: Israel? Israel, the Israeli
1: okay. occupation okay. of Lebanon. They okay. actually... That, museum is dedicated to them pushing Israel out of the South of Lebanon and the SLA, the South Lebanon army, which wasn't government. So it was kind of weird because obviously we went there because it's history, you know, and, um, but it's also like, this is a terrorist organization. This is, and their tactics, even in their, propaganda yeah. film that uh-huh. i was like dad this is propaganda he was like Shh, <laughs> this is our country or whatever i was like uh-huh. we're not bringing anything home and he was like god no god yeah. no um it's like i see terrorist tactics when i know mm-hmm. terrorist mm-hmm. tactics yeah, yeah, yeah but it was kind of cool to see all the the land and the military equipment the old russian equipment yeah and like old machine guns and anti air guns and tanks and they have this big pit. I could show you a picture of it. You can probably look it up online. It's like this big pit of like bombed out stuff. And there's old burn up tanks, bombed out tanks, and art pieces made from Israeli equipment. Wow. Like there's a um, this big statue. And it's just like abstract art. And it's very cool looking. And it's built out of uh oil barrels that Israel would drop with an uh, a bomb charge and then just burn down the
0: forest. Okay.
1: Wow. So, Nemlita was cool, but kind of <laughs> sketchy, and it made me uneasy. Mm-hmm. Um, the view from the top of the mountain was very cool. Uh, and then heading north on the extremely sketchy roads of Lebanon, like, much of the world I'm finding out nobody obeys any road laws (laughs) if you're driving in Lebanon God bless your soul Uh, say a prayer and just drive confidently because everybody's going whatever speed they wish and they're gonna get in front of you and there's mopeds everywhere yeah Everything. Everybody's on a moped, and they don't care if they die. Um, <laughs> they just got to get to where they go. They're, they're going. like, chain-smoking cigarettes and driving their moped one-handed, and they're like, I, this will not kill me. This is not how I die. Don't worry about me. You know?
0: <laughs> or their logic is, like, I should have been dead five years. I'm 40. I yeah. should have been dead five years ago.
1: Yeah, like, um, was it one of my cousins, Mahmoud's son, He fought with the Lebanese army in Syria. Mm -hmm. And he's all scarred up because fighting ISIS, he had his guts blown out. Oh, my. And uh, he survived that. So there's all these young people you'll meet who are like army.
0: Does Hezbollah conduct operations against ISIS? Yeah, against ISIS. Wow. In in, uh,
1: Syria and stuff. But that's above my pay grade as a Lebanese (laughs) person. Uh I do know uh, traveling south... This is going to sound weird. Traveling south, we hit this military checkpoint. All the military checkpoints are just you stop, look at the guy and he goes, "Go ahead." And it's just like five guys with guns. In yeah, yeah. in Dahi where we stayed, there's military checkpoints all around the neighborhood because there used to be a lot of bomb attacks there.
0: Okay. Now I would say I would imagine that the whole you go ahead, yeah, go ahead thing is basically like if I had heard if if I if you told me that you were going through, I don't know, uh, like somewhere like Germany or, you know, a modern country. I'd be like, oh, the soldier's probably like a, f- a psychologist and he recognizes in your eyes whether or not you're panicking or shitting yourself mm-hmm. with fear. But somehow I doubt that the <laughs> the Lebanese yeah, so military so units. At <laughs> least
1: in Dahi, most people, it seemed like they knew my family. They'd be like, okay. oh, hey. Uh, it, like, even one guy. My uncle called them Habibi, which is like yeah, yeah, yeah. Friend, my baby. Sure. Yeah. my you know. And I was like, you know that guy? He was like, of course I know that guy. He's here <laughs> every day. <laughs> like, And they, they kind of function like the police. But we're going south, and these checkpoints are a little bigger. Uh, uh, they have like a track vehicle, machine guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. And no lie, as we pull up on the right side, there's three guys there in like BDUs, like camo BDUs, they got M16s or AKs and red berets, and each one of them, uh, I'm as straight as an arrow. But they were gorgeous. They were the most <laughs> handsome men. <laughs> I, I it was like it was like you were driving down the road and there was just three Calvin Klein models, yeah. like in military wow. fatigues, looking confused. And they were just beautiful young men. And I was like, Oh no, they're gonna die. <laughs> 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 Why are you here in Lebanon? Go to America. Go to Hollywood. Oh, my God, right? I would be the most beautiful, swarthy American actor as you can be.
0: I had a moment where I was in the Washington airport, Dulles. And then again, when we landed in Houston. But basically, I was hanging out with this guy named Danielle And he was from um, El Salvador, and El Salvador is a, a pretty a horrible place. There's an international criminal sp- uh, <laughs> syndicate that controls more or less the vast majority of the country. Um, and he was 19, spoke with a perfect English accent, was on his way back to Salvador from, ju- from being rejected for joining, to trying to join the Foreign Legion in Paris, <laughs> and was correcting me on my Roman military tactics. I'm like, bro, why are you going back to Salvador? Yeah, you have you to do? move to America. I don't want you shot on a corner yeah. street because you're smarter than I am and you're 19 and nobody taught you any of this shit. He's just all self-learned reading Tolstoy and yeah. Dostoyevsky and like, wow. yeah, you meet those people and you're like, come to my country. Yeah,
1: it was so weird seeing these three guys because I, I like... Part of my brain was like, they're plants. They're not real. <laughs> like, they're not real soldiers. They put them there so that I would be like, like young people would be like, joining the military is amazing.
0: Yeah, right. Like,
1: you'll, you'll get a gun. You hang out all day. You're beautiful. All the checks Just like, work they out. They were just just so handsome. Wow. And I was like, just taking it back. I was like, what the fuck? Is that real? But anyways, yeah. Drive north, pass Beirut, pass Biblos, all the way up um we went to a big statue the hamita i think it was and it's a big christian statue to a saint and you go all the way up the mountain again there's trolleys too but we drove i wanted to take a trolley but apparently it was a big issue um (laughs) and there's like a hundred foot tall cross that's lit up at night and we went at night and nothing snaps you into reality. Like seeing a giant effigy to God Mm -hmm. Um, It's so weird. And we got there and now it's like all Christians. I've been spending 30 days with Muslims and now it's like all Christians. And we walked into this big church and we hung out there and there's like a place where people like candles. And um, if you're a Christian or just like seeing religious stuff, that's definitely a spot to hit. It's kind of touristy and it's very open. Um, as I find most religious places are, are just
0: open. Open, that's what I've found too. I mm. think, I think if you tried to somehow control who you let in, it would yeah, be exactly. a, ma- a bit wouldn't, of a mess. Wouldn't be like uh,
1: you know in the spirit of mm-hmm. what yeah. religion is. Um, so yeah, traveling through these towns, uh, Lebanon downtown Beirut and a lot of these ocean highway towns are very Western. They feel like kind of being on the strip here in America because there's just
0: restaurants and stores and bars and mm-hmm. junk all over the place. What like Okay, so if you're driving around Main Street, Managua, which is like the capital of Nica, which is sort of my comparison tool because Colombia was far more developed, mm-hmm. um, most of the buildings are made of either shoddy concrete where the rebar is just sticking out or corrugated iron now is this
1: so all buildings like are constructed out of cinder blocks that are paved over with like you know and then the inside of everything is tile the whole country is tile Time. on the inside okay i think it's because of the humidity because it would just eat anything yeah else. Yeah, yeah gotcha um especially south hum- I, I, I didn't imagine
0: I he, that to be a humid place near the sea and a yeah, bunch of deserts. Right expect. on the
1: ocean. It's right there. It's got mountains on the backside, so there's no yeah. so it just yeah, yeah. It's like a bubble.
0: Okay. Um, I
1: think I have a picture of this house in the south being built um, where I was like, I feel like I played that in Counter-Strike. Like, I think I was <laughs> yeah. in this like shoot house yeah, yeah, once yeah. or twice, and it's just like weird to see because that, that's their building technique is they stack bricks, mm-hmm. and then they Reinforced with iron, and then they like i don't know shellac it or whatever, make it homey. How many homely pictures of that cat did I take oh i I saw a uh down the highway, I saw a Toyota pickup truck um with a cow in the back,
0: just oh, like a full oh, grown I... cow <laughs> was a there huge a huge
1: twelve hundred pound animal yeah. in the back of it, the... and you can see in this picture it's like bottoming out the truck
0: it is doing that absolutely wow and,
1: and he was not secured in any way he was just okay chilling, so those, i'm in just
0: looking at the buildings behind that cow and those are much nicer than the buildings in managua
1: yeah so, so more
0: money in lebanon than nicaragua definitely okay, for sure um
1: you know depending where you go uh there's a lot of you know well-built buildings this is this is one of these shoot houses mm-hmm. as i
0: described Oh my god. <laughs> it just looks like something yeah, it's straight just like out a of a cube like... with four cube windows. Yeah. It it's just... all perfectly symmetrical.
1: It just looks like yeah. exactly like something out of zero Dark know... 30
0: or something. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so, and uh, like my cousin, my, Mahmoud, he has like walls around his house. Okay. And in the concrete walls, he has inserted broken glass bottles sticking out of the top of these walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As like poor man's bar Barbara. Yeah, I saw a I've lot never of that. Seen I saw that. a lot of that in Colombia. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, well in too. but so going all the way north you get to Tripoli or Tropolis and Tripoli is gorgeous. And we're just like we drove around, we uh sat at like a coffee shop. Everywhere is a coffee shop in Lebanon. Uh if we weren't drinking tea or coffee we must have been asleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um okay. sitting in this La- coffee tea, shop. It does the tea the tea's black like black tea, does it have that right? film over the top? No. That kinda just, kinda just to like your... black tea. Okay.
1: And actually in it's the same tea we have here at home. It's like everywhere you go, there's yeah. no options in tea. There is one tea. It is the only tea. Yeah. Gotcha. But in Tripoli, my cousin was like, try this tea. It's different. I was <gasps> like, oh, different. <gasps> How is it dri- and he was like it's a triple e special and it was gross. Okay. I didn't like it. <laughs> okay. It's <That's unfortunate. laughs> like finally a different tea and he was like oh it's not good. <laughs> it's um, not good. it had like a weird aftertaste that left my whole mouth dry. Like it's Well I, all the I was going to say out. I know a
0: lot of like I don't know which black tea but different black tea um leaves have like mm. more tannins yeah. like red wine where it dries your mouth out, yeah.
1: Yeah, it just it just like hit you all at once and it was like Somebody stuck a
0: vacuum cleaner in your mouth.
1: Um, but we're sitting there. We we saw the port. We saw these, like, little boat towns. And, like, I basically decided then and there. I was like, I got to buy a boat.
0: Okay. Buy like, a boat. Good. Like, people are sitting out. It's
1: just, like, these little s- skiffs, and they just chill all day out in their boat.
0: It's not expensive. So Tripoli's a, a nice place.
1: Yeah, it's very nice. Is there um, a lot of,
0: like, expats? Yes. Yeah. So As soon as you started saying boats, I was like, I bet a lot of people will like use their powerful Western money to <laughs> build a nice house in that yeah. place. So there's and then live there. There's a lot of um, winter.
1: When you get to downtown Beirut near the beach, you start seeing European people. Mm, and like my cousin gotcha. would point them out. Like we were like riding bikes down the boardwalk basically. It's not boardwalk, it's all brick, but whatever. Yeah. And uh there's, like, this big, tall, white guy. He's taller than everybody else there. <laughs> he's got, like, big, gray chest hair. Yeah. He's white. Uh-huh. And he's, like, jogging. Or is he
0: orange because of the sun?
1: Uh, no, no. He was, like, pasty red boy. All, right, all right, And he's jogging. And my cousin's like, he's European. I'm like, no shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We all know. I'm surprised he hasn't taken over this place by mm-hmm. now. Like, he's so European. Mm-hmm. And, um... Like downtown Beirut where there's like a district where all the um, hotels are. They're very nice. I didn't get to go in them because uh, unfortunately I have family. I have to stay in a house. Gotcha. Um, stay in a hotel. They're super nice. Um, going through there, there's like all these nice shops. You can just walk around. There's an area where they have enough bollards that the cars won't go. And then you can just walk around these like expensive custom tailor shoes Mm. and all that. That's definitely like the tourist business trap for people. And then you get a little bit away from that. And then there's the American University. And my uh, cousin studied there. And she pointed out that the American University is like connected to the um, embassy. And it's basically American soil. It's owned by America. And she said, as soon as you get into it, it's immediately nicer,
0: like starkly nicer. <laughs> it's like the uh, the um, international terminal in a in a shitty <laughs> airport. Like I remember I was flying home from Nassau in the Bahamas and I and I like went into the United Airlines terminal. I was just like, oh, air conditioning. <laughs> you know, Yeah. Nice zinc and brushed aluminum furnishings. <laughs> Yeah, so she's a uh,
1: Lebanon's very dirty. There's, it's actually a uh, really sad. It almost made me like tear up because we went to this like mosque,
0: dirty, um, garbage, tra- garbage, dude. The garbage, garbage made me cry, like you know, me, and I'd see it or uh, like clump clumped around trees. I was in tear. Like,
1: yeah, and
0: um, another city state so in Cyprian. Another
1: city state. And st- <laughs> uh, I was in tear. Yeah, and we stopped by the ocean and went to this mosque. And there's a little cemetery there, and then if you walk right between those two, you go down to the beach, and it's beautiful. It's just a little beach, like rocky area, and you're right under the mosque, you're right under the uh, um, cemetery. And it would be perfect if it wasn't just bottles and fucking cigarettes and just disgusting. And there's even like trash thrown into the mosque grounds. And you can tell what hasn't been picked up yet. And there's even trash in the cemetery. And, like, I, I asked my dad. I was like, what the hell is ha-? I get the ocean. Mm-hmm. I understand why that yeah, happens. Yeah. But, like, what the hell is happening? Is that there's just, like, a generation of people with no respect. Mm. And it's really unfortunate. Like, we could curtail our pollution 100%, and the rest of the world does not give up.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. When I, w- like, when I was in... Colombia. I would watch. I, I saw two. I was driving. I was taking a bus to, from Barranquilla to Carta, uh, Santa Marta, and I passed like this little flotsam village, and I there were like these two naked kids playing literally in a pile of garbage, like plastic garbage. Yeah, and I <laughs> I could not look at it. I literally couldn't yeah, look at horrible. it. It's horrible. It's horrible. And my friend brought up an interesting point. Who I talked about it, like, because I kind of thought. Like that, no respect, sort of along the lines with the cars. Like, well, we, I've never seen any any American that I have ever met and, like, no, I've never seen them litter. The only people I've seen litter in America, I've never met before. So, like...
1: Or, or if you see it, you're like, I don't know you yeah, anymore, fuck you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs>
0: because we, you know, I feel like we understand that it's like, this is ours, we don't want that. And our moms mm-hmm. always told us that growing yeah. up. There was just like one thing that was so easily recognizable as despicable behavior. So I always thought like, well, if the, the society doesn't care about you, why would you care about the society? Mm-hmm. But my friend actually brought up a good point in a place where there's not a lot of... Um, ability to generate food and you're importing huge amounts of western products like chips and soda in contain that they all have plastic containers that perhaps a lot of that trash accumulates as a result of importing the necessity of importing huge amounts of this food before setting up the infrastructure to deal with all the garbage. Because I saw a landfill in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. This was not something I would recommend tourists do <laughs> unless you're just a psychopath like me who likes to learn about these sort of things. But yeah. like, there's no. So you think a landfill, right? You fill it in. Mm-hmm. This was a land pile yeah, where you they, just, you just piled pile it up stuff. and it was behind like a fence and you could see where every couple of years they just hammered another panel of corrugated (laughs) iron higher around the pile (laughs) to keep it from being seen or spilling out into the community. So I think maybe a lot of these places just don't have the facilities to deal with that kind of garbage that they're importing.
1: Yeah. So for sure, definitely like like I said, the water is salty in like 90% of Lebanon, so you're drinking bottled exactly. water no matter what. Exactly. You can't get around the amount of bottled water uh-huh. that is going For out. sure. And I think there's also an attitude. I think it starts with the rubble. There's just so much rubble, and there's burned out places, bombed out places. Okay, rubble. And <laughs> you see that, and it's basically garbage, and then yeah. you throw garbage into in it. In the garbage. And yeah, then it's garbage, once there's but... enough garbage on the street. It it becomes not a big deal, and it's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. It's just to litter. It's like everybody's doing it, and there's no – there are trash cans, but they're not as – you know, it's not like America. Everybody's coming every morning morning to empty it. Mm -hmm. uh, There are garbage trucks, but obviously not enough. And I even saw people sweeping the street, but it just can't get over
0: Yeah, that's what I saw in Nico was every store owner in the morning, you'd hear them mopping and sweeping, Mm -hmm. and they'd – pour huge buckets of hot soapy water just just onto the road or in front of their store like
1: but i mean i saw i think government workers or at least they look government uh sweeping the streets Mm -hmm. so you know there's definitely some effort to curtail it and when you get into some neighborhoods it's cleaner yeah when you get into downtown beirut it's cleaner um so it's definitely neighborhood by neighborhood but there's a lot of trash everybody smokes um (laughs) If you don't smoke, you're weird. If you don't smoke two <laughs> cigarettes at a time, you're weird. At a um, time? Yeah. Um, chain smoking is completely different there. Here, chain smoking is one after another. There, it's like a uh, oh, whole pack yeah, and a yeah, half okay. at a time. At a time, gotcha. Um, my cousin, Mahmoud, he still smokes uh, with no hands, which is interesting to see. It's like he holds it with his wrists, and then his wife lights it for him and just gets on with his life. Damn. Nothing will stop him. Um <laughs> But I and the attitude around smoking like my cousin's 16, my cousin Ehab, and uh, he asked me a bunch of questions. And like, he was like, Do you drink? And I was like, You know, socially, like everyone yeah. in America, uh-huh. we're all borderline alcoholic, workaholic, student debt yeah. livers. And he was like, What? 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 And you know, that was the Muslim in him. And then he would like light up his cigarette, and I'm like, "You're like 16. Why are you smoking?" And then he'd like invite all of his friends over, and be like, "10, 16 year old children, in a house smoking cigarettes." And I was like, "What is this? The 40s, <laughs> Hudlums? Like, Ugh. and they were like, "You drink. You can shut up by your moral failings." Yeah, <laughs> like, right.
0: Like, all right, cool. Fair enough. So you're in Tripoli, right? I think that's where you left. Oh off. yeah,
1: that. So I'm in Tripoli. I'm in a coffee shop, I'm sitting there. We're talking or they're talking I'm yeah. listening l- and intently.
0: looking around
1: I'm looking around and then uh, a van pulls by uh very quickly blasting Little John as loud as possible
0: That's what you do which is basically There's no noise I, pollution in I these sort of countries I think it's just
1: either. universal I don't think I've ever been anywhere where I haven't l- listened to Little John like I've heard it They bump American music they consume American media and mm-hmm. culture and it's very western We went to the movies um And nine out of 10 films there were American films.
0: Were they in English or? Yeah. Wow. With uh,
1: Arabic subtitles. Subtitles, okay. Yeah. Even my dad, you know, 50 years ago, he um, watched Westerns, old Westerns, and old James Bond films were his favorite. Wow. And they would go there and watch them in English with Arabic subtitles. Gotcha. And now that's all he watches. Well, Those that's good because
0: you get the appropriate uh, emotion out of the actors. Yeah. <laughs> like, like for instance, if I'm watching like a martial arts film, I usually watch it with English subtitles mm-hmm. if I have a choice rather than the dub because then it, it's just too goofy. But like, yeah. when you see <laughs> them screaming in their regular language, it's yeah, like, oh, for I, sure. get it. I get it.
1: Um, let's see. So we're in Tripoli. We have this family. They're super kind. They're distant relatives. So like... That's the other thing I think culture-wise is, like, I'd ask my dad, like, how are we related to him? And he's like, he has the same last name as us. Jesus. I'd be like, no, no, but how is he related <laughs> to us? Yeah. And he'd be like, ah, my mother's brother's sister's cousin. Yeah. My cousin's cousin's cousins. I'm like, so, like, fifth cousin. He's like, doesn't matter, family. Okay. And they treated us like it was my grandpa. Yeah. So, wow. you know, like. And uh we had this like huge fish fry, like fresh fish. We Fuck went down yeah, to the mm. down to the pier and we like got we picked out the fish. My cousin was like, pick the fish you want. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> These fish look fresh. They all look fresh. Everything's yeah. fresh. And uh, you know, we walked through and we, we got our fish and they they uh he has actually a kind of swanky pad and uh we left that place without any fish. And I was like Where's the fish? And he was like, they bring it, they bring it. And we got back to the house, and about 15 minutes later, some guy rolled up with all the fish that you picked out fried. Wow. Already. Wow. That's dope. And then he was like, I don't cook. I don't like to cook. (laughs) (laughs) So they had all of it there, all of it was ready. Um, And that's kind of the attitude. Like restaurants in Lebanon are very um, casual like most stores and restaurants if you walk up to it there's nobody in it the owner is probably outside sitting in a deck chair and then when you walk in he's like oh i'm coming i'm coming and then he walks yeah, in yeah, yeah. and then he serves you i really like that actually yeah it's actually really uh you know it's really nice and it makes you feel kind of homey um I
0: think although they
1: smoke indoors still there yeah, so it's that tough. that kind of bothers me I've a but. friend
0: from the Czech Republic who literally uh Immigrated to Mexico because in Czech Republic you can smoke indoors, and yeah. it's like really bothersome to them. There are parts of the world like that. But I was going to say, when I eat, when you walk through Italy, especially in the big cities, you get the criers sitting outside the restaurants, mm-hmm. and it was the same in Colombia, and they're all asking you if you want food. And I'm like, just once, I wish I could make a decision <laughs> like for myself. Yeah. So <laughs> the idea of the idea of a guy, like that's that's really cool i quite like yeah
1: that. so you're like there and um like even when we were in the city when i was staying with my cousin um Ahab, it was just me and him he's 16 we're hanging out and uh Does he speaks english he speaks very good okay. english um and uh he'd be like you want pizza and i'm like yeah sure and he like leaned out his window he's like yo and he hollered down at the guy and then somebody brought him up pizza. It's pretty much where wow. you can't go where you can lean out a window and scream and at somebody. Scream at someone. And he will bring you something. Wow. And Gotta the, get that money, I guess. In Tripoli, that was like the swanky version. Was okay. you went there and then you were like, I want this, that, this, I want it this way, I want so and so with it. And then you sit down and you just wait for it to get to your house all cooked. And it was awesome. Uh, this is huge fish fry. do you think you could get away with corn.
0: that if you were like a westerner if, if some let, let's say if let's say like me Arabic. like if I if I knew so I know that that's a, a mm. thing you can do and I show up and I do that but there, I don't have like an Arabic I don't have a billionaire, but you have, have family a place. following me uh, around. I
1: bet they bring it to a hotel. I guarantee if I just it, say,
0: I'm actually. staying down the road. Yeah. Just tell the manager. Like, I'm the only a, white guy there. I'm in
1: this hotel. I'm in this room. You know, bring me food? Up. Pro- they probably know them all. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> okay. So, Tripoli is very nice. And like how, I said, how, it's a port city. Yeah. So, that's... Apparently, my family's got pretty good money in that area, the family that works there, because they all work at the port. Gotcha. And they're kind of high up in there. Okay, I see. So, um... That's yeah, a good job. Tripoli e is domestic. Beautiful and it doesn't stink as bad and uh, it's gotcha. not as dirty and it's got history. You know, like I said, yeah. it used to be uh, Phoenician. Yeah, Phoenicians.
0: Um, and and that the, goes back to like the black and white era of history yeah. where everything's just like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> we like know from our, ar- we think from archaeological before evidence. Before Jesus. This may happen, like, but whatever.
1: You know, <laughs> um and like even in downtown Beirut there's an area right in the center of the city or the whatever the front of the city like near the beach mm-hmm. where they were going to lay some pipes or sewage and whatever and they just uncovered like Phoenician ruins and they were like is this Roman and then they were like no it's too old what? It's too old to be Roman. And it's just this big yeah. hole in the center, and it's like an archaeological dig site in the middle of the highway. <gasps> That's <laughs> so cool. It's so cool. And they have statues over them and, you mm-hmm. know, just like general city works. And, um, you know, you can just go into it, and they have all these big stones, like uh, maybe a meter by a half, you know, so three by You three have been half, traveling. You just said meter meters, to me. Um, yeah. I'm trying to get better. at I, the I am too, man. System. I am too. You know, for sure. I did engineering. I'm and pretty a lot good of with that. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. The, stop saying pound. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I tr- I'm pretty good with the I kilos. I told
1: uh, my. I surprised my uncle by telling him my weight in kilos accurately because I knew it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know 2.2 2 pounds. 2. That's 2. Easy. Yeah, easy. 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 <laughs> Kilometers <laughs> is a little more tricky because it's like 1. 1.6. 1. 1.8. Yeah. Or 1.4. Yeah. I it's think. so weird. Um, and, and then was like, yeah. and then Celsius like is,
0: there's yeah. a great thing for Celsius is just, um, double, uh, so, or, um, have the number and then add 30. And you know, I
1: probably heard and forgotten that like six t- times. Or rather, rather
0: subtract 30 and uh-huh. then half. So if it's like 70 degrees, mm-hmm. you go half, so minus 30, so it's like 40 and then half that, so 20. So 70 degrees is 20. I didn't even
1: try on Celsius, because like I said, I've probably forgotten that more of the times than I've learned it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I would just like I'd be like, oh, it's it's not hot. It's about the same temperature in America. Mm -hmm. Like just avoid numbers.
0: It's interesting when you don't have accurate measurements, you begin Mm -hmm. to use like sort of abstract things. Like it's either a hot day, a lovely day, or it's like a chilly nighttime. Or
1: I'll say it's like. It's like light jacket weather. Yeah. Right. You, you know, begin like to yeah. Put you put on use a hat, you know. Or it's
0: like for weight, I you know, is it something I can squat? Like yeah, is right? it within my squat deadlift metrics? <laughs> then it's oh. not too heavy. I don't know
1: why that reminded me of. Um, no matter where you go in Lebanon, uh, elevators uh, don't have inside doors. So you know. In yeah. A, you go. You know, so open, you open it
0: and then you close it. And then and then it you, just goes. Yeah. Uh,
1: and elevators are super sketchy i don't think i got into a single elevator that had all of its buttons okay like a lot of them had were opened up and just exposed wires (laughs) and um in our own building we were on the fifth floor so it was like i don't want to take the stairs ever the fifth floor to get downstairs to go get a sandwich and then come back up
0: in a hot country
1: yeah i don't don't want to i'm lazy. but the elevator's out all the time and there's power outages all the time. And so, I don't so wanna <laughs> be in the elevator when the, when power, the power just goes poof, up and like I said, sometimes it's up op- off over an hour. Wow. There's nothing okay. more demoralizing than being like really hot and like waiting for that oscillating fan to mm. come back your way and right before it gets to you it just poof, and everything shuts down. <sighs> you're like, I'm going to be hot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, <clears throat> we we we've been going we're almost 10 past an hour mark so I just wanted to know like if you wanted to, l- to create an itinerary for a, a somebody to go to Lebanon if they didn't have the access of people who spoke Arabic and Yeah. So, if bunch of family. If I were to
1: do it, I actually thought about this because uh I'd like to go back with maybe a group of friends or something, I would absolutely. Do and that, I've got, <laughs> I've got family who is about our age. And, uh-huh. You know, um, if I didn't have family to stay with, you know, prepare for hotel stays. Uh, American money is accepted straight in Lebanon. In fact, they kind of prefer it. Yeah, the lira is about fifteen hundred lira to an American
0: dollar. And what was f- what will fifteen hundred lira buy you? A Snickers. Okay. So it's about it's about, it's about it's the same. It's an equivalence. Okay. It's pretty
1: close. Food and drink and stuff is is fairly cheap. Okay, like I could get like a big sandwich, like a big chicken sandwich, and a like a Pepsi, and you know fries or whatever mm-hmm. for like five fifty. Okay, American. Gotcha.
0: so a little bit cheaper. So like when we were kids. Yeah. Exactly. Price of food is when we were kids. <laughs> um,
1: clothes and stuff anything you might want is probably about what you pay in America because they know you will pay that much
0: um, see they're clever <laughs> yeah they're not they're not stupid. it's not it's not the same in, in Colombia so I
1: don't know how hotels are in price but I would get a hotel in downtown Beirut because downtown Beirut is um like the center of the country not just as the you know capital but it's geographically centered. Okay. So you go four hours north, not even, like two hours north, depending on traffic, and you're in Tripoli, and you go two hours south, Mm -hmm. three hours maybe, and you're at the border. And um, so stay in downtown Beirut, hit all historical sites, hit Tier. hit Sur. Beblos. Biblos. Go to the statues... Um, that would be like my first, that was my priority. Okay. Other than family. Um, because there's just nothing like it. That area of the world is just so old. old.
0: Yeah. You got history on history mm. on history and then Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And then like <laughs> Jesus and then, then the yeah. whole religious,
1: then I would history. hit all religious centers okay. because it ties into that history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go to a mosque. I would hang out. I would go to a church. And uh, I like to consume places by car, because I, I actually don't like taking pictures, because I feel like I'm busy taking a picture. Yeah. So I just ride around in the car and just look at shit.
0: Could you? Can you rent cars there? You can
1: rent a car. We rented a car. Okay. So I don't know how much it cost us yes. to rent a car there, but it wasn't too bad. And we just drove it. I don't even mm-hmm. know if licenses are a thing. <laughs> Well, just yeah, drive they, it. They like usually... nobody, there's no cops. Okay. Like, gotcha. you're, not, you're not gonna get pulled over. Learn a few phrases. Learn, you know, marhaba. Or I was gonna say go.
0: what what is like.
1: And then you roll through the military checkpoints. You roll down your window. You just look calm. You go marhaba, and then he'll go, okay, get the fuck, yellow, 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 move.
0: What is um the situation if you don't speak Arabic? So
1: many people speak at least some. Uh, English. Okay. If you speak French, you'll be fine. Okay. Street signs are still in French. Interesting. Like, uh...
0: That's good because yeah. I found... I find that if I'm in a country where I don't know the language, the... what I usually use as the bearing are the mm-hmm. signs because they are at least, like, the countries where I haven't spoken the language mm-hmm. have all been based on Latin. Yeah. So you can kind of more or, or less piece it together. So there was
1: enough signs... Highway signs are actually in Arabic, English, French. Which is okay. kind of funny because the English and the French ones are often really close. Gotcha. Um, so you're going around, and if it's not in English, it might be in French, and if it's in French, you could probably figure it out. Check. Um, if you speak French, there's a older people. A lot of them speak French, and in mm-hmm. fact, you'll hear a lot of Arab accents that are French, because okay, like my aunt, I have a couple aunts who were schooled in France, so they have like. You'll hear them talk instead of being like marhaba. They'll be like marhaba. You know, They're oh, R's. They have that little roly R. Yeah, And they do that instead of the little bit more throaty, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. That's yeah, the only yeah, yeah. sound I can't make is that ha ha. I have a cousin Khalil. Yeah, That's probably Shali. as close as I can get. Okay, gotcha. It's not a K. It's not an H. H. It's somewhere in the back <laughs> of the <your> throat. <laughs> Um, they made fun of me incessantly. Ha, 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 ha. can't do it. Khalil. Khalil. Khalil, yeah, that's pretty close.
0: It's sort of like, and you, if you when like you said over it wasn't, a, when it, uh, the K sound sort of goes down and the H sort of comes mm. up, my thought was, Khalil. when you try to make that sound, just go forward with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, just say uh, say it with like confidence uh, yeah. and nobody yeah, yeah.
1: will bother you. Like my cousins would bother me because I'm like I'm not correcting your English. You yeah, right. Little <laughs> jerk. My, I have an accent if I'm speaking Arabic, obviously. Uh-huh. Um and then, you know, hotel, rent a car. Okay. Definitely. Public transportation is loose. Hmm. So it's like Vans are buses, <laughs> like these big yeah. Mercedes vans, yeah, 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 are buses, and you just jump inside of them. They honk at you, yeah, yeah. they will honk at you if you're like standing, if you're by, walking, yeah, yeah. they will honk at you, yeah. I, and then, yeah. but like, I was in downtown Beirut, I need to get back to Dahi, and uh, I was with my cousin, and we were like stopping taxis, and you just bang on their window, or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. and you roll it down. And I was like, Dahi and he was like no and he just drove away <laughs> cuz he didn't want to go that far yeah, yeah, into yeah, town yeah, sure. and stuff so i wouldn't rely on taxis okay rent a car rent a car i don't think it's dangerous or i anything, was going to say know.
0: like what is the obviously you just explained only an hour ago some bombing events some so bombings. what is the danger levels? right now
1: uh Any Arab country, I'd be worried about ISIS. That's the only. There's no ISIS presence in Lebanon currently,
0: we know of. No, yeah. Well, that's. But
1: it's they're pretty much eighty miles away, you know, (laughs) at all times.
0: So imagine if ISIS just lived in Richmond.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like if they really got a wild hair up their butt, they get okay. So, but as far as like violence goes, it's not a. It's not dangerous gotcha. like the people lebanese people are not dangerous
0: because i think everybody when you leave uh, the united states mm. and when you you're you gonna be on edge you're gonna well you're gonna be in a mode where um danger is going to be discussed especially by people you tell you're going like my sister just went to russia mm-hmm. and my dad was like oh jesus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh and ca- She was in Russia. I was going to Colombia, Nicaragua. He's like, "What is wrong with my children?" children (laughs) But um, to
1: the red states. When I was (laughs) when
0: I was in Colombia, I learned that they're like really terrified of homosexuals. Yeah. And so what I did is, you know, I have that purse right, the little shoulder bag. (laughs) So I carried everything, and I had my phone, wallet, passport, everything in Mm. it. And what I did was I tightened the strap. And hung it loosely around my waist so that the purse fell right in front of my, my family job. jewels. Yeah. And peop- I would grow. see people, like, look down at it, and then I'd quickly look away <laughs> as if, like, there were police authorities around. And I just knew that if anybody had to rob me, they'd have to reach down mm-hmm. by my <laughs> <ridiculous>. John Thomas, and <laughs> so it would freak them out. But, like, when you're leaving the country, you're obviously going into a place where mm-hmm. theft yeah. And so when I talk about danger, I'm not going to refer yeah, to things like so theft, like sho- you know, purse snatching and yeah, shit like that. You should be stuff. aware Crime of that. Crime I don't anywhere. think is
1: very bad in Beirut in general and in, in Lebanon. But I think, just to be yeah. safe, like I wore these like big ugly cargo shorts uh-huh. because they had lots of pockets yeah, that yeah. were sealed and uh-huh. I would like put my wallet and my passport and stuff. And um but like danger, yeah, definitely like like I mentioned to you earlier, there's landmine signs. Like, don't just like wander into the wilderness. Okay. You will are die. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you will die. There's, you know, a lot of people, especially like south, like uh-huh. everybody has their guns from the war. And okay. they are protecting their property. Yeah. Because, you know, especially if you're closer to Syria, you're over the ridge, you're closer to Syria. Uh-huh. Uh huh do not wander the mountains. It's not like uh <laughs> where is it? Like, I think it's Switzerland or the Netherlands where they had like the right to oh, wander. that's Norway. Norway, Norway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can yeah. just where go, can go nah, and nah, camp nah, nah, in nah, people's nah, yards. No, 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 no. Not in Lebanon. You know, it's um treat it like America as yeah. far as property goes. Oh, well, there you go. Um see all the the uh yeah, historical sites, religious sites, eat some food, go to if you smoke hookah. You're in luck because they love hookah. They love Arghili. There's hookah bars everywhere. You can chill, you can smoke, you can eat. Um, Very relaxed. Um, And people, I find, are in general interested in America, you know, because at least everybody knows somebody who goes to the American University or has Mm -hmm. immigrated to America. They're all learning English. Gotcha. Um, And as long as you're friendly, I found that a lot of like vendors and stuff, they were like, you know, into it. And being Arab definitely helped. Because like I showed my license to a guy, like when I rented a bike, mm-hmm. I gave him my license, my American license. Yeah. And I he saw that I was American and I saw his eyes kind of do this like American. <laughs> and then he saw my name. And then he immediately it it just rescinded. Oh.
0: And Handy like, that.
1: <laughs> like uh I don't know if they asked you this anywhere else. When I left Lebanon, the guy at Customs asked me for my homeland. He it was like
0: No, I didn't I didn't Where is that.
1: your homeland? Where is your fatherland? And I said, America, I'm American. And then he was like, Your name is also alhi I was like, Yes, that's my father's name. He said you're no, your, like, family land. I was like, and my dad bought it, and he was like, he's Lebanese. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I wasn't born in Lebanon in any capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have lived in Lebanon four months out of my life uh-huh. or whatever, and the guy was like, no, you're Lebanese. Click, up. <laughs> like, I think I might be home team. Um, eligible for dual citizenship on their side. Wow. Yeah, just because my father's from Lebanon. So they definitely have kind of a a little bit of an inclusivity Mm -hmm. of uh, family. I think that comes from being a small country with
0: families being huge. And I imagine for most of their existence, probably enemies surrounding them Mm -hmm. on most fronts. (laughs) I have one question before we wrap this up, and I wanted to ask, I have a friend of mine who's uh, same same as you, uh, sort of like american mm-hmm. but as vietnamese as you get without being vietnamese uh-huh. so he's the son of direct immigrants and um he's been there multiple times he speaks fluent vietnamese
1: and he's got B- me-, me beat and be it, well A- yeah air, and,
0: <laughs> well also his name's Nguyen, so he's got that yeah uh, they're all new <laughs> ones. that's yeah i think that's like the most if you had a guy whose name was Muhammad Nguyen, it would yeah. be like the, <laughs> like the, the most, middle. that would be like John Doe Smith, but like way more intense. Yeah. <laughs> Muhammad Nguyen. But anyway, he um he told me he's working at Airbus where I used to work and he's mm-hmm. just, he's just relaxing, being a young American. Um, actually, he's 30, so I guess that's kind of young. Yeah, 30, um, 30, He's 70, just 20. funneling money back into Vietnam mm-hmm. and he's having a, a, an, a, not like an estate, but like a nice house built for him with yeah. strong american dollars in this area of vietnam where he sort of grew up in where yeah. and so he's going to just retire when he's like 42 and just fish mm-hmm. in this beautiful house because there's not really anything like property taxes no nope. and if anybody no, comes Lebanon. like wanting money he's like hey here's some you know chill yeah. like because vietnamese people really like americans mm-hmm. believe it or not yeah and so him being like a vietnamese immigrant but american he's like they love him to death. So yeah. he's going to build this house. Is that something you'd ever consider doing?
1: So my uncle, my uncle Joe Yusuf, who I live with, uh, is like 70. Okay. He's a great uncle. And while we were in the south in the same village Mahmoud's from.
0: With the walled ha- the nice yeah, house? Okay,
1: He is building a house. And um, it's a work in progress. Now, my dad has told me over and over that it could get done way cheaper. My uncle wasn't really smart with his money. You gotta watch out who you build get your house yeah. built. Um, because you know, as much as it like family will rip you off. You know what I mean? But he's probably spent about seventy thousand dollars and this place is not done.
0: Wow, that doesn't seem so, quite right. Yeah.
1: And it's it's this big brick house and it's we actually put work into it. My dad was like, you want to work with us? I was like, who's going to live into it? Like, Uncle Joe's 70. He's not moving Uh to Lebanon. So I didn't want to do it because I don't see the point in like a pointless thing. Yeah. But like, we put paint on it. We put sealer on it. I think, but they bought an entire house worth of paint and an entire roof worth of this epoxy sealant for like four hundred dollars. Which isn't that bad. No. Um so. <laughs> no. The inside looks all right. The tile's great. I don't know who they the tile's great, the but thing, like the yeah. walls are shoddy uh-huh. and the stairs are shoddy and the outside that okay. it's not landscaped. Yeah, and seeing that, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> My dad's funneled money back, obviously yeah. to his ten brothers and sisters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, the American dollar is a bit stronger than the lira, you know, and, um, definitely income here is way higher. Like my uncle yeah. makes like $450 a month and that'll last him. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, you know, so if you're making like sixty, seventy thousand $70,000 a year here, like just above the median, yeah, you could funnel that back and do pretty good. Um,
0: but you'd have to really Yeah, understand. you'd be careful
1: about who built your house and stuff. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I like traveling. I like seeing places. But I just love America yeah, so I damn much. <laughs> like, I got here, and I was just so excited to be home. My family was, like, kind of heartbroken. Because I was just... It's not that I didn't like being there. I was a little bored by the end, and, you know. But I was excited to get home. I get that, man. And they were like, he wants to go so bad. I'm like, no, I don't want to live anywhere else. Yeah, I, love, I get that. And I haven't even seen a lot of America, you know.
0: I cut my trip off yeah. for that very reason. I'm, I'm like, thinking about doing a, like a why am I trying to get into all these national parks mm-hmm. and they won't let me in? Like I had this moment where <laughs> I asked for permission to get into a park because it's technically owned by the indigenous people of Colombia. Mm-hmm. So I had to go to the ministry of antiquity <laughs> and I actually stumbled upon the ministry of antiquity office in Santa Marta. I was like, Oh, and so I ran in. I'm like, Hey, I want to get in the park. And they're like, we're closed. And I like look around. <laughs> everybody's there. Secretaries. I'm like, You're not closed. It's like, what, well, can I come back at like two? And they're like, can you, like, leave? No. <laughs> we don't want <laughs> to talk to you. Here. And I'm like, well, shit. So I'm <laughs> like, why am I trying so hard to get into all these, like,
1: national foreign parks. places we have when I have,
0: beautiful the, national we have parks the highest and standard of outdoor recreation in the world here mm-hmm. in America? And so I came home, and I went to Grand Tetons and Yellowstone nice. and Capitol Reef and Dinosaur, yeah. and I just had a blast. I was like,
1: uh, you know, Brandon, uh, Chicken Frohan. Yeah, he's doing, he's,
0: the, yeah doing he's doing the same He's doing his thing. hobo trip uh-huh. through
1: the U.S., and I'm like, I think I could do that. Like he and I my literally had this sucks. moment
0: where he, yeah, he like posted a picture of the the sun coming up mm-hmm. behind the Grand Teton's, and I was like, I know where you took that picture mm-hmm. because I took that picture too. And he's like, Where? And then I I texted him <laughs> a picture of I still have the map of the park, and I like folded out. And I put my finger like that's where you took that picture. You're right from. here <laughs> right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so be, yeah.
1: America would be cool my place, next man. spot. Um, Look at Lebanon was definitely cool. I'll take a break before I go back. But next time I go, I kind of want to bring some friends.
0: Um, can you go from Lebanon into any of the other neighboring countries that are interesting? You
1: definitely can't go to Israel.
0: For sure. Yeah, For sure. So I, I remember that. When my Jordan? Dad, yes. See, Jordan would we be cool. We didn't to get visit. a chance
1: to go to Jordan. My dad was actually really upset about that because uh-huh. um, we have family there. Jordan would be cool. And then from Jordan, you can get to Palestine. But you can't get into Israel. Israel. Now, uh, you have to go. F- now, right. if you're in Israel, I believe you can go from Israel to Jordan to Lebanon. Lebanon. But, but you can't go the other way around. You can't do the
0: other way. If you, if you did do that, mm-hmm. would they give you trouble for having the Israeli stamp in your book?
1: I don't think so. Neither of the board. Maybe. I don't know. Depends. I mean, we whatever. have American passports, and yeah. we have the benefit of having the most the, um, powerful, yeah, powerful passport. passport in the world. Um, I even asked my dad, I was like, are you sure we can't get into Israel? And he's like, there's no gates here. Like, It's just solid fence. There's not a way in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So definitely, like, the next time, I want to go straight to Tel Aviv and just do Israel. And my dad agrees. He wants to see Israel. And, you know, doesn't matter who you are, I feel like you can find value in israel i agree if you're a history mm-hmm. history or religious doesn't matter what religion unless yeah. you're like buddhist Taoist, <laughs> or something <laughs> but even then you definitely appreciate it so that's like on my checklist of things to do mm-hmm. um
0: yeah i met in israel my first israeli i've mm-hmm. ever met i met in colombia and he was telling me like dude you gotta go yeah like, israel's it's funny i
1: have a um i work in a restaurant as you know but um so i meet a lot of people i talk to them about where they go and you know i have a customer goes to vietnam he has a business in vietnam okay um he talked about that like go to vietnam that's awesome they want to learn he teaches english in vietnam yeah he was like yeah yeah, yeah. you don't even have to be a teacher just go there (laughs) and when you run out of money just find some guy and he'll pay you yeah um And then I have another customer. She's a real regular. And I told her I was going to Lebanon. I told her the last time I was there was the bombing 2006. And she was like, I work for the State Department. And I was in Israel at the exact same time. (laughs) (laughs) So we had this like both sides of the border experience. So mine was like scrambling away from fighter jets, bombing the city I was in. And hers was, she was in Israel. And she had a meeting with the Israelis from the US State Department and she's with her co-workers and they're like sitting in an office and the Israelis are way late. And then eventually somebody shows up and he's like, oh, we didn't think you guys would still be here. And they're like, why? And they're like, they just declared war. (laughs) (laughs) It was like (laughs) bombs going off and rockets hitting Israel and tons of munitions going off. And she was like, well, we're still here, so I guess we'll have a meeting. <laughs> and then she left.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Well, oh, thanks. Real oh, yeah. quick. Here you go. I
1: forgot to mention, the last time I was in Lebanon, 2006, I obviously did this border scramble. Mm-hmm. Um, in Syria. And uh, my cousin did the American relief effort. Yeah. They were looking for us by name. The American Relief Effort, because my family here made a big fuss about it. Okay. So when Salson, my cousin, went to the border, she got stuck on a cruise ship with accommodations and cruised to America (laughs) while I stayed in, like, this dirty... (laughs) So if you are abroad, trust the Uh, government. Yeah,
0: (laughs) For sure. I mean, if you look in that passport, it's like it says something, something to the effect of... Yeah, if there's anything like a happens, clause. It's like find like if, an American embassy. Exactly. Just, do, Just it. do it, and and you know, and then it. I think it also has a member, like a message for who's looking at your passport at mm-hmm. the embassy. And he's like, this one, this, the holder of this document is not to be denied any like any you know anything. We'll do anything for you. So, so that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> I scrambled.
1: She cruised. Which should be comforting if you're in another country and something goes down. As an American you've got the biggest support system of anything in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, that's that's good to know. Yeah, it's good.
0: And, yeah, and I like Lebanon. I think, and thank you for pointing that Lebanon's
1: out. Lebanon's a beautiful country with uh, just beautiful people, beautiful women. It's very Western. Uh, you'll see people walking down the street, like a group of people. You'll see one in a niqab, the full yeah. thing, a hijab, and then another girl in, like, booty shorts. <laughs> that's a pretty good
0: <laughs> okay, got litmus
1: you. of, like, how western it is mm-hmm. there's bars there's americans there's europeans go there uh you know as long as you got your wits about you you'll ex- be fine and politically geopolitically uh you'll be fine and it's it's such a great place and if you see a Sawalhi,
0: say hi for me <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be sure to do that well thanks so much for having me I thanks appreciate for having it. me absolutely guys stay tuned i've got some more people friends coming back from their trips uh we got russia we got america we got a bunch of interesting stuff while i royal here waiting for my next moment to hit the road thanks so much for listening guys i'll see you next time